This is the Reset MD podcast. We welcome you to join in on our conversations with fellow physicians. Many of us in medicine reach a point in our careers where we want to make a change, hit a reset button. Wouldn't it be nice to have some guidance from colleagues who'd been there too and have pearls of wisdom to share? These well-being conversations will cover a range of topics, thriving in medicine, physician health, burnout prevention, work-life integration, practice optimization, advocacy, and support. And we'll just have some fun doing it. Listen in and start your reset. Welcome back to the Reset MD podcast. I'm Dr. Sagan Chase, one of the co-creators of the podcast. Today, we are excited to welcome Jennifer Sweeney. Jen is a co-founder of X4 Health, a purpose-driven organization on a mission to solve problems that matter for our society. Jen is also a co-creator of Third Conversation, a program focused on revitalizing relationships in healthcare. She is an author, entrepreneur, and relational subject matter expert, and Jen is committed to supporting the healthcare industry to evolve into a field in which relationships and human flourishing are central priorities. I had the benefit of hearing Jen speak at the internal medicine meeting in Chicago in April, and we're so fortunate to have her here today to tell us about Third Conversation. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Chase. It's a pleasure to be here with you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As we get started, I wonder if you might be able to share about you, your work and career path and how it led to Third Conversation. Sure. So in terms of my background, I've been a consumer advocate for two decades now. I've done lots of community organizing and advocacy with a splash of policy, I like to say. Uh, I'm also a trained leadership coach, and I spent about 15 years working with healthcare systems and practices to help them engage patients and families in their own care and in care delivery improvement. So that's where I spent the bulk of my life. Uh, During that work, I started to feel like we weren't spending enough time within healthcare, really getting to know one another on a personal level and understanding each other's journeys. I really wanted to find a way to lean into relationships. And that is uh, how I started their conversation. Very good. Well, you just led into my next question. Tell us a little bit about Third Conversation. What is it and how does it relate to clinical well-being? Sure. So Third Conversation is first and foremost an experiential program. It brings together the individuals in healthcare to prioritize professional well-being, boost patient experience, and reinvigorate relationships. So with Third Conversation, we carve out intentional time and space for patients, clinicians, and C-suite leaders to share, to listen to each other deeply, and by telling their stories and on focusing on what works in healthcare, the clinicians, the patients, the administrators, they connect as humans. They express empathy for each other. They build trust and they ignite hope, which you know is really beautiful to see. In terms of well-being, we actually created their conversation as a way to improve clinician well-being. And there's a story there that I'm happy to share, but also to improve patient experiences. And it's because we believe that empathy, human connection, and investing in relationships can actually improve clinician well-being and patient experiences. 
Very good. Well, you kind of, you touched a little bit on this. I'd like to hear why you created Third Conversation. Yeah, so about five years ago, a primary care clinician came to one of my co-founders at X4Health and myself, and he asked us, he said, listen, you know, what do you know about clinician well-being? And, you know, what do you think other patients know about clinician well-being? And, you know, if they knew how difficult things were for clinicians within the healthcare system, like, do you think they would care? And quite honestly, my business partner and I looked at each other and we were like, we have no idea what you're talking about, which looking back, I have, you know, a lot of frankly shame about that. You know, here I had been working in healthcare for the vast majority of my career. And I had been working very closely with clinicians, very closely with patients, but really in a way I was myopic. I was very focused on what patients needed and really had not given any thought to what clinicians needed or the fact that they often weren't getting that in healthcare. So my business partner and I, and this primary care clinician I was just talking about, we really dove into the literature and into the research to understand what was going on with clinician well-being and with quote unquote burnout. And what we found was that many of the frustrations that clinicians experience in healthcare mirror or are very similar to what it is we had been hearing from patients for, you know, one and a half decades. And we started to ask ourselves, you know, here clinicians are frustrated, here patients are frustrated, but they're talking to each other only. You know, they're talking in their silos. What would it be like if we brought together these two stakeholders to talk and about you know, the challenges that they face um, in the system? And our theory was that in recognizing how much they have in common and in being authentic and real with one another, we felt like both patients and clinicians would experience a sense of relief in being able to share those frustrations. And our hope was that they would see each other as allies. And that's really what we see unfold during these third conversation experiences. What I'm talking about specifically are spark experiences. Those are the ones with patients and clinicians. And I can share a little bit about our Ignite experiences as we go along. And that was something when in looking through the website, you talk about spark experiences and ignite experiences. And so we'll get to that and kind of help us to, to see the difference between the two. Certainly that's kind of turning the tables, um, not something as a clinician I would have even just thought about. We don't talk about opening up to patients. We're there to kind of listen to patients. And so that is kind of turning the tables a bit, if you, uh, if you will, but recognizing that the humanity of the emotional experience that we all um, all take in when we're in those conversations, whether it's in a patient room, whether it's in the grocery store, whether it's various places. It's a very interesting concept, I do think. Yeah, I think it's what really makes their conversation unique is this bi-directionality of the experience. You know, I've been in healthcare long enough to know that there's lots of trainings, there's a lot of literature, there's lots of programs focused on uh, helping clinicians really become empathetic for their patients, but I've never heard of a program or anything, frankly, in which the focus is on, yes, clinicians being empathetic with their patients, but patients being empathetic with clinicians as well. And I've really never heard of a program that does that with clinicians and system administrators and C-suite leaders. And, you know, as I step back and think about what we've all been through in the last two and a half years with COVID, it does feel like we should all be leaning into opportunities to be empathetic with one another. There's been so much pain, there's been so much isolation, so many challenges 
So the fact that, that their conversation does have this bi-directional component, I think is, is really unique. Very well, yes, very unique. Um, so you mentioned the bi-directionality. What are some of the goals of third conversation that you all had in inception and how they may be changed a little bit? Yeah, so I think the two biggest, broadest goals are one, lifting up the importance of relationships. Healthcare is a healing industry that is built on human beings and on relationships. And yet it does feel like there's a lot of focus on um, the technical and the structural versus the relational. Uh, so the first priority really has been, okay, let's lift up the importance of relationships and of human connection. Um, the second has been, we really from very day one have wanted to improve clinician well-being and patient experience. And, you know, in our mind, I think we really wanted to provide these protected time and spaces for clinicians and patients and system administrators to connect and to lean into their relationships. You know, there's so much going on in healthcare. People are sort of walking past each other and talking past each other, all in this focus of, you know, the technical and structural, which are very important, but we so rarely have time to slow down, to really listen deeply to one another, to ask questions, not just to get an answer, to, but to really hear what the other person is saying. And, you know, that has been really important, this concept of helping people be seen, heard, and understood. Because as we were doing that research in the first six months, you know, of this work, what we heard over and over again was, you know, I don't feel autonomous in the system. I don't feel heard in the system. I don't feel like my needs are valued or prioritized. And really the goal of their conversation is an opportunity to give people that experience of being seen, heard, and understood. I think the other piece that I will mention, uh, because again, I think it's unique to third conversation, is um, this concept of people come into these experiences not with a problem to solve, not with something they have to work on. It's really about being versus doing. And many clinicians have said to us that it's a relief to go to these experiences and just show up as their full authentic selves and to share from their heart or to share from you know, their own frustrations without having a problem, problem solve, you know, have all the answers. Uh, so, you know, I think we wanted to also provide that opportunity for clinicians and also for system administrators. And they tell us that that's been really important for them. I'm sure I can imagine um, the, the pressure of just being your authentic self. Like you said, so many times we feel like we have to be someone we're not or not show who we are because that might be more vulnerable um, and not make us feel comfortable. You've mentioned a few things, but I, I wonder in your words, what you find to be unique about third conversation. Yeah, so I would say the bi-directionality and that, that really is the most unique thing. So one of the most beautiful parts of their conversation for me is that in every single one of our experiences, patients have said things like, I had no idea you had to do so much paperwork. I had no idea that you all were going home at night, logging back onto the computer and doing hours of administrative work. We at every single uh experience have one, if not you know, four or five patients say, wow, I am realizing now that these short visits I have with you are out of your control in terms of time and that you actually want to spend more time with me 
in the same way that I want to spend more time with you. It's sort of like we're, we're pulling back the curtain for patients and giving them insight into what it is clinicians experience. And when they learn the challenges that exist, they want to help, which I think is so beautiful at, you know, at every single experience, not only do they say, I had no idea, but they say, we need to change the system. This isn't working. It's not working. I knew it wasn't working for me, but now I know it's not working for you. So I think that has been, you know, certainly a unique part about their conversation. Um, the piece I mentioned earlier about it being about just being and connecting just for connection's sake, you know, that it was very rare today. I mean, not just in healthcare, I think it's rare in our culture. Everybody's doing, doing, doing all the time, trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. And really, this is just about connecting. And I actually shouldn't even say just, it is about connecting. It's about building empathy for one another, all in service of creating a better system. So I would say that's also um, unique. I, I think the final thing, uh, so I mentioned earlier the Ignite experience. So the Ignite experience is with clinicians and C-suite leaders. And what we, what we did in creating Ignite was give clinicians and C-suite administrators an opportunity to process the COVID experience. We talked with lots of folks in various systems and we said, you know, have you all sat down to talk about what it is you've been through? I mean, collectively, this has been a trauma, I, I would argue, uh, on multiple levels, you know, small T's all the way to the big T's. And yet very few of the clinicians and administrators and the systems we spoke with have really carved out that time and space to talk about, you know, what did we do that went well? What would we never want to do again? You know, what, what was the system or process that we put into place that did not serve us and that we really want to rethink going forward? But what do we want to keep? You know, a lot of folks I think really appreciate telemedicine. You know, mm -hmm. is there an opportunity to talk about that and why and what, what we can do going forward? So that has been really unique and I think has also been very healing for the clinicians and the administrators that participate. Because as you know, there have been furloughs. Clinicians didn't get the PPE they needed. You know, some, some in the early days, but some months and even a year in were not getting what they needed. And I think we really believe it's important to process all of that, to talk it out and figure out, okay, how do we now move forward in productive ways? Uh, so that I think has also been unique. I don't know of another program or process out there that is, uh, is doing that for clinicians and administrators. You mentioned Ignite. I wonder if this is a time that you might be able to share about Spark as well. Yeah, so Spark is fascinating. This is the clinician and uh, patient experience. So the Spark experience can take place in person or online. Ignite can as well. The Spark experience is about two and a half hours. Ignite is three, so they're slightly different. Um, Spark is, is beautiful. We've had clinicians say things like, I've never felt so cared for in my life or in my career. And that is because of the patients who were here with us today, you know, and who gave us the opportunity to share and to be the humans that we don't often get to be. So Spark, I think, has really been a wonderful experience to watch. We've been in large academic medical centers. We've been in small independent practices. We've been rural, urban. And what we see across all of the Spark experiences are increased trust, 
the participants tell us, I uh, have you know, an increased sense of trust for the other stakeholder in more hope. What's so fascinating is when we ask people who participated in these experiences, you know, do you have more hope about the healthcare system? And do you feel like you have an ability to impact it almost uniformly, like 100% say yes. Which, you know, given that we're in this really challenging stage still with COVID, the fact that people feel hopeful about the system and about their ability to impact it, for me, it is really huge. Um, the patients who participate in the Spark events also tell us they have greater, uh, pardon me, they have, they feel more positive about the practice or the health system. I think it's because they get to see their clinicians as people. You know, there is still, I think, such a power differential between patients and clinicians. And when we break that down and we just show up as humans, patients go, oh my gosh, I love being a part of this practice. Or, you know, I love this system for giving me this opportunity to connect with clinicians in a different way. So that's Spark. Ignite is actually built on the foundation of Spark. There's many similar elements to both of the experiences. Uh, Ignite is a little bit longer, and that's because at the end of Ignite, we have a uh, section in which the clinicians and the system administrators uh, make requests and offers of each other. So the clinicians will say things like, you know, I really need to be a bigger part of decision making. You know, I feel really left out of the loop and I can do X, Y, Z with administrators. You know, here's the offer that I make. Uh, and that's been really powerful because I think, again, we're in this place where clinicians feel like they don't have the power in the system that they need and want. Administrators often feel like there's a target on their back. They're frustrated that they are making really difficult decisions inside a very flawed system. And I just say at large. And oftentimes, you know, most stakeholders don't know what goes into those decisions. So, you know, the really hard ones can land really badly with lots of people within the system without context. So this opportunity to sort of sit across from one another and say, listen, you know, here's what I need from you. And here's what I offer for you, offer to you, I think has been really huge. Um, so clinicians and administrators tell us that they believe the Ignite event can really help with burnout. They feel better having participated. And they also tell us they feel inspired after these experiences to do something differently in their life or in their healthcare or in, you know, in healthcare, the system itself. We've had people you know, say in these experiences, I did not realize how important it was to connect with my colleagues. I'm you know, busy, busy, busy doing my job. And what I realized today is I need to get back to basics. I need to sit down with folks. I need to understand what they're going through and, and then work with them to figure out ways to deal with those challenges. So I think what we're seeing is real shifts in how people show up for each other after these experiences. Yeah, that's just fascinating the way you describe the um, experience that, that individuals have had. I wonder, have you circled back around with some of those Ignite experiences to see how the how this the landscape is different in those um, centers after you've been there and had some time to did they take each other up on the offer? Did they <laughs> were they able to find some common ground and make a more workable solution? Yes, so that's a great question and a very fair one. So I'll just say a couple of things. So one, we have actually only piloted the Ignite experience with two uh, health systems. 
We have many more that are interested and we'll be working with them over the course of this next year. Um, but yes, in both of those systems, they did take action. So for example, in one of the systems, what came out clearly is the example I shared a moment ago, which was the clinicians, you know, every single one of them said, I feel like decisions here are made in a vacuum. I feel like I never consulted. I don't have any idea why those decisions were made. And, you know, it just gets announced. It's very top down. The lead of that practice heard that loud and clear and said, actually, during the experience, she said, you know, I, I thought my job was to make these decisions. And what I'm hearing clearly is I need really to consult with you all and, you know, to, to benefit from your wisdom, from your ideas and from the experiences that you bring to the table. So she actually created a mechanism when she went back to you know, regular life after this experience, where they now, the administrators now meet monthly with the clinicians to, it's like an airing of like, what are we dealing with here? And what do we need? Now, she made it really clear to the clinicians, there are gonna be times where I listen to you, but I have to make a decision that is not 100% aligned with what you've asked for. Um, that's, just, that's just what leadership is, that's reality, but I will commit to hearing you going forward. And that has made a huge difference. In fact, one of the clinicians said during the experience, she said, you know, my, my job here, my career here at this practice has been on life support. I actually have been considering leaving for a very long time. And she said during the experience, I now don't feel that way. I feel like there's an opportunity here for me to be heard and for me to make a difference within this practice. And I'm, I'm going to stay. She's still at the practice, which this is, you know, nine months later. So that's actually, this is a year later. So that's great news. Uh, the other system where we have been working and where we piloted Ignite, uh, two things happened. One, the administrators crafted this thing called Bagels and Joe, and they hold it monthly. And it's essentially everybody who wants to come joins in for this, you know, coffee and uh, bagels, informal gathering, where the goal is just to be human with one another, and really to connect as people, not necessarily as administrators and clinicians, because what came out in their, in their experience was the administrators acknowledged they don't really understand what daily life is like for the clinicians. So this is an opportunity to say, like, how are things going? What's going on with, you know, with your, with your patients? What's going on with, you know, RBUs or whatever it is that, that the clinicians are dealing with at the time. Uh, a clinician actually in that experience also came out with something completely new. She created something called culture talks where she is providing an open forum once a month for clinicians and administrators to come together to talk about who they are as people. So she's calling it culture talks because she's asking people to come to these experiences or these events, again, they're informal, to share like, what languages do you speak? What kinds of food do you eat at home? You know, where did you grow up? What kinds of things do you like to do when you leave this institution at the end of the day? Like what, what you know, what's fun for you? So we're definitely seeing process changes and we're seeing human changes, relational opportunities for people to connect after this initial experience, which for me is, is wonderful. I will say going forward, we want to see system changes like at scale. We'd like to see more time for patients and clinicians to connect within the office space. We'd like to see you know, lots of different changes that would prioritize relationships. We just haven't really up until now worked with systems to such a degree that they could spread their conversation within their system. This year is the opportunity to do that. That's so encouraging and thinking about different ways on a 
individual level, a system level. Um, one of the things that we do in the podcast is we talk to people about their reset story. And um, some people are in the midst of their reset story. Some people, they have multiple resets, soft or hard. Or, But I, I think what you provide here is just a really good opportunity for some of our listeners if they would if they would need something like third conversation to start those those dialogues with individuals that may be able to affect change and find more meaning in their careers more um, experience for patients to understand both sides of of what we deal with and for us to understand our patient experience I think sometimes we can become very tunnel vision in the room what's your what are your what's your chief complaint you know <laughs> what's it what's that the what's been going on, but really how does your backstory um, have to do with that and how it plays in? And then I, I love the example you gave about the clinician that was doing um, the experiential type, you know, meetings with people. When we put human and human image on each other, it's not a text message that can be inflammatory and send off, you know, it, it becomes a person and our interactions become um, a lot more um, meaningful, I think. So I, I think those are all great, all great, um, great things. So I think third conversation has an opportunity for many of our listeners that may, listeners that may be needing a framework um, to find some change or at least look into different alternatives and ways to do things or ways to become more um, engaged in, in what it is that they're doing. I might ask you, Jen, can you share how you might become a third conversation partner if anyone's interested? Sure. So uh, until recently, we have had 100% foundation funding for all of our programs. Uh, this year, we're moving to working almost exclusively with two systems. Those will be foundation funded. Um, but we can work with other systems for potentially you know, a shared cost or full cost. So I will include my email in, um, in the show notes. I invite anyone who's interested in third conversation to reach out. Even if you're not ready necessarily to have third conversation in your facility, if you'd like to learn more about what we're learning and what we're seeing or some of the techniques that we're using, we're happy to share. Very good, excellent. Um, as Jen mentioned, all of this is available on the websites. X4Health is www.x4health.com. And there's a link on X4 Health to Third Conversation or Third Conversation has its own website, www.thirdconversation.org. Um, so I, I hope that's helpful. And then I will put uh, Jen's email in the show notes as she mentioned. And in my conversations with Jen, just getting to know her, it's interesting, she's had her own reset story. She's recently authored a book called, You've Got to Be Kidding Me perimenopause symptoms, stages, and strategies. So I know many of our listeners are, health, listeners are healthcare oriented. I've heard from some people that there are some patients that might listen to this if they've um, talked with clinicians um, and heard that they, they're just kind of interested in what do doctors talk about? Uh, what do providers talk about? So that's uh, an interesting part of her reset story. Obviously, this is not limited. Burnout is not limited to the medical field. We've seen a lot of it in a lot of different individuals. Um, and so if you want to know more about Jen, uh, in addition to third conversation and what she shared here today with us, um, you can find that on Amazon. Um, I would ask Jen, if there's any other take-home points you'd like our listeners to leave with before we wrap up here today, um, I really appreciate the time you've given us and everything you've um, shared with us and the really positive work that you're doing and 
facilitating these conversations between C-suite leaders, providers, patients to find more meaning and professional well-being. Because clearly we've been through a lot, as you've mentioned, both before the pandemic and during the pandemic, that we all um, can benefit from finding common ground, helping each other to heal and to work through to we to where we can find um, better, better, better sales moving forward and um, more positive interactions as we move forward in the next few months and years. Yeah, the last thing I would say is if I've learned anything from third conversation, and I think I knew this going into this work, but it's really been affirmed for me. The problems are with the system, not with the people in the system. We are all part of a highly flawed system, unfortunately, um, but that doesn't mean that we can't show up for each other in positive ways. It doesn't mean that we can't reach out to one another and provide the support and the inspiration and the motivation to keep going. Because at the end of the day, the system really is about people. And I would just encourage you know, anyone listening today um, to lean into that, you know, to lean into the relationships that exist within your system, but also to forge new ones. I think you know, very often um, there's sort of this line between patients and clinicians or even between clinicians and administrators. And I would say you know, if we reach out to one another, it's very rare that we will be rebuffed because all of us want connection. All of us want to feel like we are part of a community. Um, so hopefully together we can build a stronger community and a better healthcare system. Yes, that's the, that is the goal. We are more alike than different. I think we all find that out as we listen and sit with things. Um, and time is clearly uh, always a, a challenge. That's probably the one thing that we would all like more of. And I think having programs like this where you really make that time that you spend um, valuable and as efficient um, and effective as possible is great. So I love the bi-directionality um, that you, you, you talk about and the hope that this brings for uh, many in the healthcare uh, system. So thank you so much for your time today, Jen. Like I said, we'll be entering all these uh, resources in the show notes for individuals that would like more information. And we wish you well as you continue to grow this program. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you highlighting their conversation and for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening in on this conversation at ResetMD. If you'd like to reach out to us and continue the conversation for well-being, email us at resetmdpodcast at gmail.com.